0: Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi. listen, we're late. I get it. Technical issues. Would you believe we thought, hey, keep one person at home base? Bags hits the road. He is live at Alpenhouse and Clifton Park ski and the ski shop there as they're ready to go for a big, big winter in the capital region. And and Honorado's the one having issues Come on, at the TV station. This Come is on, the man. communications business. And I can't get this thing figured out here. Well, Wi-Fi and give me a break. We have people working in the ceiling throughout the building. I'm telling you, they're messing with the show, Bags. Yeah, well, listen, we have
1: no time to waste talking about this because we have two all-star guests on the show today. Chelsea Handler, who needs no introduction. Willie Geist, who really needs no introduction either. So, man, roll the open. Let's get into this thing. Come on.
2: This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Outfit House.
0: All right, Shawna, you said it, man. We don't have time to waste. Let's move this thing right along here. Chelsea Handler, Willie Geist still ahead on the show. It's, It's phenomenal. Let me just, I'll just say that now. We did record them. A day ago, we'll play them back here. They're absolutely terrific. They're worth hanging out for. Uh, and it'll be the majority of the show. We've got the NFL pick'em presented by Pick Six Vodka as well. So we go head to head with a viewer every week, and it seems to get worse and worse every single week. Um, the good news is the guests on today's show. The bad news is bad NFL picks from us towards the end. And what's going on with your boy Kyrie Irving? All what right. a mess.
1: So that's where we're going to start, right? So obviously the Instagram video now is the latest thing that people are talking about during the week. The team decided, you know what, if you're halfway in, that's not going to be good enough for us. You're either 100% in or you are 100% out. And now we get the Kyrie response. Um, I just want to read part of a quote of this here, not to take too long here, but he says, it's, it's not about losing money. You really think I want to give up my dream to go after a championship. You think I want to just give up on my job? Later on, he says, you think I want to give up on my livelihood because of a mandate, because I'm unvaccinated? Come on, I'm not going to be used as a person in this agenda. My question to him would be, what agenda? Is it the agenda to vaccinate people against a deadly virus in the middle of a global pandemic? I mean, that would be the first question. And then later on, he says, It's not about the Nets. It's not about the organization. It's not about the NBA. It's not politics. It's not one thing I'm pinpointing. It's about the freedom of what I want to do. To me, that reads like a very selfish part of that statement. It should be in part about the Nets. It should be in part about the organization. I understand that if you have genuine concerns about your health and your safety, you do have to put that ahead of your own job. So I I can understand where he's coming from with that. But The biggest issue for me with Kyrie is no matter what he says now, he's already lost the benefit of the doubt because he's shown in the past that he puts Kyrie ahead of team. And there's no reason for me to believe, despite what he says that this just isn't another one of those incidents. It's the same thing. Like with Gruden this week, it's like you can try to justify one incident maybe, or one email, that type of thing. Once it's an established pattern over a period of years Then you lose the benefit of the doubt, and that's what this is with Kyrie. The pattern is there, so I have a really hard time taking anything he says at face value. I think the guy needs some help, and I'm not sure he's ever going to play another game with the Nets. You think they'll trade him? I think they might have to. If he's dug in and he's not going to get vaccinated,
0: what other choice do you have? I mean, And look, that trade doesn't happen without the okay of Kevin Durant and James Harden. And the Nets coming out this weekend saying – we're telling Kyrie to stay away. That doesn't happen without Kevin Durant and James Harden okaying it. So now now you've got apparently a little bit of a rift among the superstars in Brooklyn, which is something you cannot have to sustain for an entire season that would end end ultimately in a championship. So I'm with you. I think this thing might already kind of be beyond repair. Final thought here.
1: Final thought is, if you if he's not going to be able to play for, for you at all, you've got to try to get something for him. The problem is, is he now making himself untradeable? Who wants to take on the baggage, especially with that established pattern? And, and who knows? He's just such a wild card. Would he retire if you traded him because he's upset? You don't know. Could it be too big of a risk for a team to take? I hope not from the Nets' perspective because I'd like to get something back in return for him. They've got it's still got enough to win even without him. But if you can get just another role player or two, then I like their chances even better.
0: Bags is live at Alpenhouse uh, in Clifton Park. I'm in studio at News Channel 13. And we've got a great show ahead with two big-time guests. And that is Chelsea Handler. Willie Geist, they are straight ahead here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Don't go anywhere. Folks, DJ with Professional Fire Restoration, and we've been turning crisis into calm for a half a century.
2: Hi, my name is Tova. As a first-time home buyer, I was proud and excited. Four months later, I walked down to my basement, and I was standing in a foot of water. I was anxious, overwhelmed, nervous, I even cried. My first call was to DJ at Professional Fire.
0: When only the best will do, you know who to call.
2: Professional Fire Restoration
0: Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964.
1: And now back to Honorado and
2: Bagnardi, brought to you by Alpen House.
0: And we're back on Honorado and Bagnardi. I mean, what a loaded show! We've still got the NFL Pick'em presented by Pick Six Vodka to come. Uh, And Willie Geist is still ahead on today's show as well. But Bags, man, do we live in a time when we need a good laugh or what?
1: Uh, I would say we do. Yes, I would say we definitely do. And our next guest can certainly provide that.
0: Yeah, much better than we can. That is for sure. We've got Chelsea Handler on the show joining Honorado and Bagnardi here. Chelsea, thank you so much for taking the time. We're looking forward to your performance here in Albany. First of all, how are you?
2: Oh, hi, boys! I'm looking forward to coming to Albany too, especially now that my uh, my most recent paramours is not in Albany anymore. Andrew Cuomo, I had a big crush on him until I did it. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you know, it's it's. I was going to say it's too bad there's nothing that's happened here in the capital city of New York to give you a little bit of fodder.
2: Yeah, I actually have so much good Andrew Cuomo material. I may have to save that for Albany because I talked on the phone with him a few times and there was a heavy flirtation happening and i thought for sure i was going down with you know that plan and then he blew me off and i was like my friend goes your mom is kind of like you know is kind of just get your mom in heaven is just kind of preventing that from happening and i'm like my mom in heaven is is basically blank blocking me i know this is a daytime television show so i couldn't think <laughs> of a word to replace the beginning part of that phrase
1: um so really rough
2: but i love the idea that my mom would have gotten involved in my um relationships on earth while she's in the afterlife what or whatever she or wherever she may be um but yeah i had good andrew cuomo material i was getting ready but apparently he doesn't like people that throw themselves at him he'd prefer to just grab it or take it
0: oh uh, we we have a, we have a bleep if need if needed sure, right yeah oh,
2: okay good to know well when you have me on you always do need a bleep
1: <laughs> so i saw that you recently recently found love did you think that when that happened, that that would be somebody more like, you know, a governor type, or uh, what did you? What did you think were the expectations on that?
2: Well, I mean, dating a politician is always like, I mean, come on, that doesn't sound like a good time. So, I but I did, ha- I just fell into what everyone had fallen into when Cuomo came on the scene. You know, competency. It's like w- watching Michael Jordan play basketball. When somebody's so competent at their job, it's such a turn on. You just want to see people be good at what they do. So that's what I, I fell prey to that. (laughs) Even though I wanted to fall further prey, it didn't happen.
0: (laughs) Well, Bags, Chelsea leads you into something else. I know you wanted to ask her.
1: Oh yeah. Well, so, so I watched you on Jimmy Fallon earlier this week. And as Chris mentioned, just before we had you on, that you might want to, you know, evaluate the, the career decision, whatever happened between Monday and Wednesday going from The Tonight Show to us idiots on the screen here. But but on Fallon, you mentioned that you had met Michael Jordan. Is that true? And because he and I talk a lot of sports on this podcast, what were the circumstances around that?
2: We were in Anguilla. Uh, this was years ago. My family and I were on our Christmas vacation to Anguilla. And Michael Jordan was there with Derek Jeter and then there was one other professional baseball player that was with them and minka kelly the actress and then yeah so they came over and they were like hi we just wanted to introduce ourselves and i was like my ne- my ne- my nephew's were like Bleh! <laughs> they were like what and uh yeah so it was pretty pretty cool and i watched that documentary that michael jordan documentary i mean got me through quarantine i must have watched yeah. that seven or eight times in a sexual way. I'm not gonna pretend <laughs> that it wasn't.
1: Okay? <laughs> you know, he's, so he's hot.
2: Yeah, he's hot. So yeah, I'm not I mean, I talk about that in my stand-up too. I'm coming to Albany, by the way, this weekend, you guys. So I'm pretty excited. I was just there with Joe Coy. He had a show at the Egg, and I'm at the Palace Theater uh this yeah. Friday night. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'll be talking Michael Jordan, I'll be talking Joe Coy, you know, all my conquests or well, <laughs> you
0: know. And it's, all the information's <laughs> at the bottom of your screen right there the palace yeah friday night ticketmaster.com is the easiest place to get tickets to go see chelsea handler the tour chelsea is vaccinated and horny and so is this the, is this the first known side effect of the vaccine <laughs>
2: uh you, well the side effect of covid was uh, i think horniness of being locked <laughs> up in your house for a year and a half basically uh, I think produced a lot of horniness in people that aren't married and people who are. (laughs) So I think as a collective uh, in society, we all have to breathe a sigh of, well, horniness.
1: So you do so much. You are, you're everywhere. You have a podcast as well. I'm curious of all the things that you do, what do you like the most and is it performing in front of a live audience like you're going to do on this tour, obviously?
2: Yeah, I mean, nothing beats being in front of people. You know, nothing beats the feeling of like humanity, togetherness, hilarity. Like making people laugh and hearing, hearing a huge audience rolling in laughter is pretty much the best feeling that there is. Uh, so I like whatever I'm doing in the moment, and I've learned over the years to do things. You know, to do fewer things at the same. You know, at the same time, to pick one or two things and do those really well instead of doing eight or nine things mediocre. Uh, so, you know, my stand-up is at a different level for me personally. And, and yeah, and my podcast is great. And, you know, I have a bunch of TV stuff in development, so everything is good and I'm pretty happy and I just want to be the reason a lot of people come back together in large groups for the first time and remind people that, you know, we've got to laugh about the last year and a half because otherwise it's way too depressing.
0: So you've mentioned already a bunch of things you've done. You're also a multiple New York Times bestselling author. Um, the HBO shows that you've executive produced here as well. Like, like, what haven't you done yet? What is still on the checklist that you want to accomplish?
2: Um, you know, I I, I don't know. What, what do I want to accomplish? I mean, I've skydived. That's something that I wanted to do. I've scuba dived with sharks. That's something I've wanted to do. Um, I don't have a lot of big set of goals. I just try and kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I mean, that's the gift of not having a child, right? I'm not beholden to anyone or anything. And I've worked very hard and long to remain that way. And that was one of the best like, high points of COVID for me was to realize, okay, I don't want to toot my own horn, but um, I'm pretty confident in my life decision-making skills and remaining childless and alone <laughs> after a year and a half of hearing people bitch and moan about their spouses and right. homeschooling things. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, I ne- I didn't have to plan a murder. And I didn't have to homeschool anything.
1: <laughs> what about literally flying by the seat of your pants? We saw William Shatner go to space this week in a giant penis rocket. Is that something you'd ever want to do?
2: Uh, I would like to stay away from penis rockets. And um, I, I, I don't have a desire to go to space. But I mean, who knows? You know, I say I don't want to do something, and then I find myself doing it. I, I, definitely, I, I, I don't feel the need to go to space, but I would, there's a lot of people I wouldn't mind if they went to space and stayed there.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't do comedy, so I need a window into this here. A lot of the comedians, I, I feel like thrive off daily interactions, noticing things about other people just kind of walking the streets or in stores or whatever. So when you're quarantined, how does that, did, does that benefit you as a comedian or was it a real struggle?
2: Well no, my sister, my older sister invaded my house uh during COVID with her three mm. children who are 24, 21 and 17 and I'm like or 18. And I'm like, what well, first of all, they're adults. Why are we still parenting them? A, and B, please don't invade my house with three children. Like I've worked long and hard to make sure that no children live in my house. <laughs> so I basically had to move out when they came. I stayed for 2 months and then I just couldn't take it. You know, I just I just don't understand this whole parenting thing. It just never ends, you know. Even when they're 18, you think, "Oh, freedom." There's no freedom. My nephew was in my house complaining during during the middle of a global pandemic was complaining about how horny he was. And he was so frustrated because he wasn't able to have sex. I was looking at him like, "Are you expecting me to listen to this nonsense?" Guess who else is horny, okay? But can't have sex because you guys are living in my house.
1: (laughs) So I'm curious, as a comedian, do you ever feel pressure to be funny? Like for instance, you're on Jimmy Fallon this week. Is it like, man, they're gonna expect me to actually, you know, come on here and be funny on this show. But my brand of humor, you know, it's, it's one that, you know, you have to be careful if you're on network television. Does that ever come into play for you?
2: No, I mean I'm pretty confident in my uh, uh, knowledge about what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say. You know, I sure. I have a lot of faith in myself. I'm pretty I'm with it, so I know I'm not worried about oh I'm going to slip and say something and get get in trouble. No, I've got my act together. You know what I mean? So that stuff is second nature to me i mean going on talk shows and talking is the easiest thing in the world for me because i did my own talk shows for so many years so that's not a challenge getting up and doing stand-up you know for an hour on stage is a different skill set because it's just you and you're in charge of the entire show you know from beginning middle to end so that's a little bit more of a challenge for me like i love that you know i love having to go out there and entertain and stay on stage and have fun with the audience and involve everybody. and and so, yeah, I mean, there are different skill sets for everything, but I gotta say being on talk shows, especially with Jimmy, who's just so easy to get along with and like, it's easy. It's easy to be funny and you know, that's my that's my what I do.
0: God, I love Chelsea lately. That was I mean, phenomenal. And I get everything good like comes to an end at some point. You probably maybe even grew a little like, okay, I've been doing this for a while. Let me do something new. Um, along with Sean kind of just asked you though, Chelsea, it's not easy to be a comedian either because you have to take shots at people. You have to talk about controversial things. So is that ever difficult for you? Or was it early on that like, I'm going to say something that's going to tick a lot of people off, but we all deep down know it's funny. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, I didn't really have a care in the world when I started Chelsea lately with regard to like other people's feelings or how things were perceived. Or, you know, I was just kind of going after the people that were getting the most attention for being kind of hot messes, which were celebrities. you know now we're in a different time but also i welcome that challenge you know i welcome okay we're not allowed to make fun of transgender people anymore we're not allowed to make fun of brown and black people great let's focus on white guys let's focus on white people there's let's focus on myself there's plenty of excuse me that you could use your bleep there there's plenty of stuff to make fun of like not you're wasting your time complaining about what you can't make fun of instead of focusing on the things that you can
1: All right, last one for me. In this very divisive time, what kind of people annoy you the absolute most in the world?
2: Just, you know, uh, men that don't really understand what women are talking about. You know, it's like have a little bit of an understanding and an empathy to, to the idea that women have been treated unfairly for such a long time. Like get with the program. And the quicker that men get with it, the quicker this conversation can be over, the quicker that cancel culture can be over without men resisting it and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, no, there's no argument. Just it's true. It's been proven. There's data to back it up. And we just you just have to say I'm sorry. I sell t-shirts at the venue that say, I'm sorry. It takes a bold man to walk around in a t-shirt that says, I'm sorry, not because you did anything wrong, but just as a collective, like, we're sorry, ladies, we're sorry you were treated this way. And when you hear a woman talking about that, you should just say I'm sorry and then shut up.
0: We should get those shirts, Chris. Let's um, get it. Uh, there's no doubt we will. They just fired a football coach in the NFL over some of that stuff. So yeah, we're 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 still a far away. From being where where we need to be, Chelsea. I, I hear you. I'm going to get one of those T-shirts. Awesome. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the show Friday I can't night wait to
2: see you come backstage. I'll have them hook you up with backstage. Done. Can't, All right. You know what?
0: You know what? I was I was thinking. I haven't been to one of my niece's softball games in a long time, but at, 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 that's out now. I'm yeah, not i'm know, not doing know, it no, no. Your, niece that? Isn't
2: gonna, your niece isn't even going to remember that you were at that game so forget about her <laughs>
0: it's true i just lied to her and say i was i guess chelsea thank you so much for the time can't wait to see the show again ticketmaster.com easiest way to get tickets to see chelsea handler at the palace in downtown albany it's going to be awesome thank you
2: thanks guys if you're overweight if you snore don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea it could cost you your job Call Dr. Frederick Dreyer at the Integrative Sleep Center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest.
3: Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown.
2: Wondering what to do now that your Philips CPAP was recalled? Dr. Frederick Dreyer has a safe and effective alternative treatment for sleep apnea. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Keep your quality of life. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. We work with all insurances. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by House.
0: Back on Honorado and Bagnardi just talked with Chelsea Handler hilarious as always and and our next guest is I'll I'll say underrated funny if you watch him enough on TV if you listen to the Sunday sit down podcast underrated funny he lets the guests have their moment but but he sneaks in the jokes here and there and that is Willie Geist from NBC Shawnee uh you know how we roll if we think we might have a connection to get a guest out of our league, we yeah. are going to exploit every single angle.
1: Exactly, I'm looking forward to his underrated funny being a balanced to your overrated funny. <laughs> and I also like you though, a sports guy, a sports background making the transition to news. You know, there's still the, the sports elements there, but very much uh, in line with your career path here
0: i can't wait to compare now that i've been doing the morning show here for a few weeks the time willie got up for way too early and the time i am getting up now for (laughs) news channel 13 early today let's get right to it willie geist is our guest here on honorado and Bagnardi. willie man thank you so much for taking the time with us how are you my pleasure thanks for having me i mean you had chelsea handler
3: that's a huge opening act i am very impressed by your (laughs) guest list and unfortunately it's downhill from her to me but i'll do my best Mm -hmm.
0: Well, the the tour for Chelsea is vaccinated and horny, and so I'm thinking (laughs) we've we've finally found a side effect to the vaccines, apparently.
3: I have one side of that tour. I am double vaccinated. That's all I can (laughs) offer you today.
0: (laughs) So listen, I I did kind of tease it here, and I want to share it with you on air. Buddy of mine, Shawnee, you know him, Bill, who is a groomsman in, in, in my wedding, uh, knows Willie, your brother-in-law. And so I went every angle possible. Hey, is there is there a way to get Willie Geist on the show? And and here you are, man. Thank you.
3: I love it. It absolutely worked. I told you a minute ago, my brother-in-law, David, who's buddies with your buddy, was over here at my house with his three boys who are five, three, and one, utter chaos, no sleep. <laughs> you know, you're chasing bodies all over the place. And he's in the middle of one of our pursuits of one of the kids, he said, hey, there's a show that uh, you gotta go on this show. I'll just send you the email. And he was just, oh. and so here I am, it
0: worked out. Well, we had Dan Patrick on a few weeks ago, Bags, you remember this. And, and Patrick's producer told him some guy in Rochester, doing something. I don't know. Well, we're in Albany, but at least <laughs> Dan Patrick's producer got our names right. So that's good enough, right?
3: Well, you must have a good reputation because we're all saying yes between me, Dan Patrick, Chelsea Handler, vaccinated, horny. It's great. It's all happening.
0: That's till you get to know us. Then you don't say yes anymore. <laughs> all right. right we're well, done. Got a lot of repeat right. customers. Willie, I want to open with this um, and, and I'll get to kind of our oh New Jersey oh they're video uh, elements. connections but how about this now wow. is there some like George Lucas um uh CGI <laughs> effect going on here okay Th-
3: this requires some backstory that's amazing I don't think anyone's ever showed that or asked me about it I've been waiting my entire life to be asked about that so thank you um so the backstory on that is uh let's call it seven eight years ago Michael Jordan has this absurd house in suburban Chicago that is a monument to Michael Jordan. Like no one else could ever live in it. That's the gym to his house. Uh, It has 23 on the front gate. It's got the Jumpman logo on the ceiling. It's sort of in its design and architecture and furniture and everything kind of stuck right at the peak bulls era, maybe 93. And so uh, he was trying to sell it. And I think it's still on the market. He's been trying to sell it for years. So they asked us to come do a piece about it. I think truthfully he was hoping like some oil sheep would see the piece (laughs) and like buy it for his son, for his brother. I bought you Michael Jordan's house. So we went there. Michael was not there. Mm. Um, but a realtor showed us around and she said, there is a gym. And I said, I can't come to Michael Jordan's gym without, playing basketball in Michael Jordan's gym. So I conveniently had packed my sneakers, a Michael Jordan jersey and shorts, just in case. <laughs> yeah. um, now here's the confession part on your George Lucas question. That is real, that's 10 feet, that one. The other ones on the other end, I think they'd lowered it to like nine, maybe even eight and a half. So all the acrobatic Jordanesque dunks are on eight and a half, but that was, and I think it was eight or nine years ago. I have to look it up. but. That was the last time i dunked a basketball i grew up playing basketball and used to be able to dunk routinely but i guess i was 38 maybe at that point and i said if i dunk it in michael jordan's gym i will never attempt another dunk in my life because where do you go from there so that was the last time i attempted and made a dunk on a 10-foot hoop was
1: at michael jordan's house mm, That's awesome.
3: great so, poll by you guys
1: chris and i do mostly sports on our podcast so you know, you have an extensive background covering sports. That was obviously a cool thing that you got to do. What else stands out to you in your career in terms of sports coverage that you you know reflect on often?
3: Well, you know, I actually started in sports when I, I went to Vanderbilt in Nashville. I graduated and eventually made my way to Atlanta, where a bunch of my friends were writing, were, were living. And I uh, there were two options. I wanted to get into journalism, which was to write for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or work at CNN. AJC not hiring, CNN was, and they recently had started a 24 hour sports network called CNN Sports Illustrated. It was supposed to be a rival to ESPN. We know how most of those stories end. ours ended the same way tragically, but it was an incredible place to learn. And it was a bunch of guys like us, It was, you know, younger than we are now, but young guys at the time, (laughs) I said like us, but that was, you know, 25 years ago, Um, young guys and women who love sports, who live for it. We worked holidays and weekends when the games were, we worked late at night and the early jobs were, you know, logging plays of the 14 inning A's Mariners game till four o'clock in the morning on the East Coast giving them to the editor who would cut highlights. And then you kind of graduate up the ladder. Then you're the one editing the highlights. Eventually you become an associate producer working on putting the rundown together for these sports center style shows, becoming a field producer. And so that was my learning ground. And I was there for six and a half years. SI shut down, I guess, three and a half years after i got there but i stayed on in cnn sports that did you know serve sports for for the cnn big network um and that's how i started and that's how i learned tv was purely through that and there was could have been no better job training than than working there because there was just so much opportunity everyone was young if you showed any promise they shot you up the ladder and you could do a bunch of cool things you know covering the masters going to the super bowl doing the final four um so in terms of what stands out, I mean, going to Augusta is pretty special mm-hmm. um, and getting to go on a Monday and spend the entire week there until a Sunday, uh, at which point the minute they slip the green jacket off, they toss the press off the ground, <laughs> never to be heard from again, or at least until a year later next April. Um, so I, I always just walking. I mean, it's really a national park, just walking that course and getting to interview the, the players afterward. Those, those are some of
0: my fondest memories of covering sports for sure. And I mean, look, now you've gotten to obviously cover the Olympics as well with your role at at NBC. Um, Let me ask you yourself. So my first kind of not introduction to you, because being a northern New Jersey guy, I knew about your dad, obviously, um, but way too early. Um, (laughs) What what time did you use to get up for that? And then you transitioned to Morning Joe, which is a show I still see you on most days
3: yeah yeah so i still we've been doing morning joe for 14 years believe it or not that show starts at 6 a.m i've got it down to a good enough science now where i mean we're just just us talking here i can wake up at like 4 30 get okay. a shower quick cup of coffee bite tea. and i live near the studio thank goodness near 30 rock so um you know i'm there a little after five and that's fine because the prep work it's not um It's mostly conversation, there's not much prompter, not all the scripts to read and approve. So you just have to be read in on everything and be able to talk about it. So I've done that work the night before, a little more before the show, and then you're ready to go. So, But for way too early, that show started at 5.30 a.m. And it actually started a couple of years after Morning Joe and I was sort of, I was sort of lobbying the brass to do my own thing, continue to do Morning Joe, but is there something I could do? And finally our boss at the time, Phil Griffin, I think he was trying to scare me off, said, fine, <laughs> you can have 5.30 AM, but I can't hire any staff. And I went, I'll take it. He was like, you will? So just say yes, and then figure it out. So I started this 5.30 AM show and truly just had to count on the kindness of my friends who worked on Morning Joe to come in a little earlier. Hey, could you prep a couple graphics for me? I'll write the script. So the the thing I had going for me was it was only a thirty minute show. So that was, I want to say that was a three a.m. Maybe a two thirty a.m. Wake yeah. up to get in there because you got to write and make sure it looks good and get it on the air. And we had at the time the dad started in July of two thousand nine. The first day of the show, I had a two year old and a two week old, and then I started this new job. So you can imagine as I'm leaving the house at three fifteen in the morning. My wife's awake, there are two babies up, she has two kids on her hip, and I'm like, I gotta go. And she's like, just get out. Why did you take this job? Get out.
1: All right, so you mentioned Morning Joe. They do some skits about Morning Joe on SNL. So I gotta ask you, what's the bigger honor? Is it being impersonated on Saturday Night Live, which is a top honor, I would think, for any celebrity, or is it people's sexiest man alive, (laughs) <laughs> being named in that uh, in that issue, there—I mean, not, those are pretty good honors, I would think.
3: Well, I guess if you're putting me on the spot, I'd have to go people's sexiest, and I don't like to, you know, toot my own horn. But I was there twice um, <laughs> in a very, very narrow lane, which was like sexiest news people at every age. So you had like <laughs> it was from like 22 to 72. So you had a pretty good chance of being on that list if you worked in the news in some fashion. So. I guess it was an honor but it was a very uh specific honor um as the snl sketches about morning joe are very much about joe and mika as you may have noticed and i'm sort of the straight man there uh, mikey day plays me i've given him a few notes on hair tie knots delivery mm. he doesn't seem to be paying attention because as i say i am definitely not the point of those sketches so i will go people's sexiest as one of the you know 1500 sexiest journalists they put on that list.
1: You mentioned you got the honor twice, but how does it feel like that time when they don't call? It's like, <laughs> I guess they didn't get people this year. Interesting.
3: You know, it's been a while. It's been a while. I was hot in like 2012 and 13, and I've really cooled since then. <laughs> right around the time I dunked at Michael's house, that was my peak, and then just everyone's forgotten about me since then. <laughs>
0: let's get you back on a basketball court then that that might be the the trick Uh, let let me ask you a sports question here finally i guess really i know you are uh, you're a yankees fan correct yeah yeah and then am i safe to assume we're in the line of giants knicks i mean you correct me here but my question is i'm going to remove the bills from the conversation this won't surprise you being in upstate new york in albany There are Buffalo fans who like to remind us there is only one football team in New York. So I'm going to remove them from the conversation since they are very good and on the verge. Which New York metro area team do you think wins the title first? Well, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are the obvious
3: answer, right? Because they're they're loaded and they knocked on the door last year. So if you look at it, I mean, the Giants are my team. You know how this works. You're from North Jersey. So it does go Giants, Yankees, Knicks. So that's how I grew up. Um, I used to write when I was a kid, we'd go on vacation. I wrote <laughs> I wrote postcards to Dave Winfield, thinking he was worried about why I wasn't watching the games on channel eleven. Cause I was on vacation at Cape Cod and I'd write, Dear Winfield, you know, we played mini golf today. Hope you guys are, you know, hope you guys beat the blue jays, Willie. And I'd hand it to my dad and he go, I'll make sure I get this right in the mail. You know, I would <laughs> it in the garbage. But um, that's I was pretty diehard and those. No one has any sympathy for a yankee fan but i grew up i came of age in those that decade when they just they weren't they they weren't terrible but they were just utterly mediocre for mm. 10 years until the jeter dynasty till really like 95. um but so i would say the brooklyn nets the giants are a long way off the jets are a long way off the knicks showed flashes last year but i'd say the nets are going to get there before the knicks um yeah so I guess Brooklyn Nets isn't it the obvious answer am I missing one I, mean, I think it's them right unless it's hockey maybe the Islanders the Islanders look good last Ooh, year yeah yeah,
1: yeah. that's yeah. true yeah and you can get the, the cup finals in just ahead of the NBA finals right but I'm right. For my guy Kyrie that's my only issue right now I'm a little bit worried about that
3: yeah I'm not going to take um, cartography or vaccine mm-hmm. advice from Kyrie Irving despite <laughs> his handles Yeah, whether it's the flat earth or the anti-vax stuff uh, I'm just gonna just gonna marvel at the 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 artistry and the majesty of his game because my God, he's a beautiful player to watch. But unfortunately,
0: we're not going to get to watch him unless he sorts this out. It sounds like. Yeah, and Bags is a diehard Nets fan. They Bags they they won eight or nine games one year. The guy produces the eleven o'clock news. He DVRs the game, goes home, and watches it at one a.m. That's amazing.
3: You know, I so I growing up in New Jersey, we used to go when they were actually the New Jersey Nets, we'd go to the games at the Metal Continental Airlines Arena, baby. Yes. It was Brendan (laughs) Byrne before that. That's how old I am. Yeah. And most times as I think back on it, we went, they were like mandated Cub Scout field trips. So it just be the team was so bad that it would just be these pockets of like you know, a field trip here, like a senior group had come down from the home to watch the game. To the point, I swear nobody believes it. But in the let's call it the late eighties, early nineties, you could see one of your buddies across and be like, "Hey, Ted, was he after the game?" And he was all the way over there, and you could have a full conversation while the poor Nets and they had some guys,
1: but they, they never did. had a team. They had some guys,
3: but never a team.
1: Well, if Kyrie doesn't get traded and and he stays with the team, they're going to be playing playoff home games back in that arena. You know that. That's what'll happen. Got to oh, get a that's, that's my early, you know, bold prediction to that's get him playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they can win.
3: They'll wear those throwback sky blue Nets uniforms for exactly. thousand petrific years. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Yes. Is, is that a theory that's out yeah. there? Did you think of that? I think, I think. That,
0: that's brilliant. I'm going to yeah, get back out in the atmosphere. that's That's really good bags bags doesn't tweet if he did that would be a that would be a good thing to tweet yes um we'll we'll start that all right you see the reminder on the bottom of your screen NBC's Sunday today at 9 a.m on News Channel 13 locally in the Albany area Sunday sit down podcast is hilarious I always recommend watching it that's why Sean and I do a video podcast or whatever the heck this is um because it's more fun to watch I think but when I'm in the car the one that I didn't get to watch and I just listened to was Steve Martin and Martin Short. Ugh, and man. you almost drive off the road. Those guys are still incredibly <laughs> hilarious. Here's my question, though, Willie. You have such a wide range of guests week to week. Like you went Steve Martin, Martin Short, and a few weeks later, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. So what is the challenge there for you? Because you need kind of that wide breadth of of just pop culture knowledge.
3: Yeah, I think that's the fun of it though. Steve Martin and Martin Short you can do in your sleep because all you do is light the fuse and watch them go. I don't even know if I asked a question in that interview over the course okay. of an hour. And to watch it all, all these years later for them to still have that relationship and for it to be so real and authentic because they were giving each other crap before we started the interview. <laughs> we did it we did the interview at a at a hotel in New York where they were staying in a different room. And they were just bitching about how the room we were doing the interview was nicer than the rooms they were staying in. And then Steve was pissed because Marty's room was nicer than his. And it went on and on. And that was just so real. And they continued it for an hour after that. So that and especially guys, you know, so much about you love you could I mean you don't have to do much research. You just dive right in. And then someone like Machine Gun Kelly, who is an incredibly talented musician but a much more complicated guy and he came in if you some people may have seen the interview or listened to it um we had to work a few things out at the beginning he wasn't in he wasn't really in a mood to be there that day he was upset about a few things and he also was just going through some stuff so we had we had it out for like 10 minutes which was (laughs) You know, but that's the sort of the fun of my job is it is the preparation. I love the preparation, knowing everything I can possibly know about that person, surprising them maybe a little bit like you guys did with the Michael Jordan video. And it just they come alive. And so I think once I earned his trust, which is always my goal, it relaxes even machine gun yeah. Kelly to the point where you can talk for then I think an hour and a half. We talked about his life and career and Megan Fox and everything else he's got going on. So To me everyone is different some people are easy because you know they're talkers you know they're funny you know they're there to be conversational and others you're gonna have to work a little bit and
0: that's the job well we got a few more surprises up our sleeves before we let you go but we won't keep you for an hour and a half sean whatever you need guys yeah last
1: question from me here i gotta ask you a news question i read that you had you were on air for seven hours straight during the orlando nightclub shooting uh Mm -hmm. during your coverage of that I'm just curious when you're in that kind of zone and you're on the air for that long covering any kind of breaking news event how challenging is that you know chris and i as, as we mentioned work in the local news setting so we don't get you know we get a half an hour you know maybe an hour or two at the most depending on our program and we'll cover breaking news obviously where it'll be a hit here then we'll go back to it but something like that is very different than i think you can experience at the local news level what is that like? How do you, I mean, you can't really prepare for something like that. So how do you work yourself through that for a period of time, like seven hours?
3: Yeah, the thing about doing a Sunday morning show is a lot happens on a Saturday night and some of it is is tragic. And that was, uh, we, I remember we woke up that morning and there were some reports of a shooting at a nightclub and you know how they are at the beginning. Oh, there was a bar fight or something. Okay. And you keep your eye on it. And then as the morning went on, it became clear that it was more and more. And then I'll never forget, we were on the air. And the, I guess it was the police chief down there said, we have 50 casualties. And I remember, never forget saying to my executive crew, did he say 15 or 50? He said, 50. And I went, whoa, all of a sudden, this is 15, obviously is horrific. 50 is the worst mass shooting at the time that we'd ever had in the country. So um, yeah, we were on no commercials, seven hours uh i think it was over seven hours and i that's a solo show so it was just me and as you guys probably know it's on a morning like that you don't have a lot of information and the worst thing you can do to me is to speculate it could be terrorism related it could be a hate crime it could be that that's not our job so it might be boring for the viewer sometimes but i just restate here's what we know here's what we know And then as the morning goes on, you get reporters on the scene, you get um, medical officials, you get police officials, you have eyewitness. And the eyewitness stuff is is what really carries you the people who are in the room and just give you that raw, chilling detail about I was dancing in a nightclub and five minutes later, I'm trying to hold a bullet wound closed until the EMTs get there. So um, I think it's just um focus and it helps to have been doing this a while where you don't go oh my god what am i going to do you say okay i've been here before not maybe not of this magnitude but just just tell people what's going on don't speculate get as much eyewitness testimony as you can get and um keep the ball in the air i don't as you asked that i'm trying to remember when i snuck out to go to the bathroom it must have been when one of our reporters was doing a long hit i must have right seven hours i must have at scott some scott
0: Hansen scott Hansen nfl red zone goes seven hours commercial free every sunday
3: wow so maybe i didn't maybe yeah you may have but there had to be a lot of coffee involved so uh, we won't get into the particulars but um but yeah though that i've actually unfortunately had a couple of mornings like that on sundays where we've woken up there was a morning of uh, the dayton and el paso shootings were on the same day so that next morning we had those two and i think that was another seven hour day but um but also you know if you do what we do um you don't want those mornings to happen but it's why we do what
0: we do and you got to rise rise to the challenge all right last few things here willie bottom of your screen everybody is where you can find willie on twitter and instagram more importantly you can join his fight against parkinson's disease with the michael j fox foundation there it is michaeljfox.org i want to ask you about your dad uh he is so well known in in households across America because of, of his work. Um, and, and I'm just going to let you know now, too, Bags and I can't cure anything as a low-budget show, but because you've been kind with your time here, we're going to make a donation to the Michael J. Fox Foundation, oh, thanks, and we guys. would encourage anybody who can to certainly do so. Thanks, guys.
3: That's really generous. Yeah, my dad's had Parkinson's for 30 years, almost 30 years. Um, And he worked, as you say, for 31 years as a correspondent on CBS Sunday Morning. And um, he is now 76 years old. He's had it for 30 years and he's doing okay, but it takes its toll at at this age without question. But to think that he worked all those years in a job that had him on planes and connecting to little towns to go to the state fair in Iowa or all the quirky stories he told. You know, it makes you you take it for granted at the time oh, your dad's going to work. But when you think about the challenges he was facing to do it and to do it for as long as he did, it's it it makes you see your dad uh, in an entirely new light and be even more impressed with him. So um, I'm on the board of the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Thank you for that. That's really nice of you guys. And I'm actually running the New York City Marathon in a couple of weeks, something I've never I've never run a marathon. I'm not I'm not a runner. But during COVID last year, I thought, all right, what's a challenge? What's a goal? What's something I can do? And I thought, let me try. I'll try to raise some money. And then they canceled it last year. So I ran a half marathon. We still raised a bunch of money for Michael J. Fox. But this year, I actually have to do it. So uh, (laughs) I just, on two, what's today? On Monday, I did a 19-mile run, which if you told me two years ago, I honestly, you guys, like I struggled to do the one mile turkey trot in Ridgewood and Thanksgiving. <clears throat> I'm just not a runner. Not I like to exercise, but not a runner. So this was a challenge. And now I've got a 20 miler this weekend. And then at that point, I'm three weeks away from running the New York City Marathon, which wow. is a crazy thing to do. But you know, with your dad and your mind and all the people who maybe maybe won't have to suffer the way he has if you if you run a little harder and learn a little farther than it, it makes it makes it worth it, and not easy, but it makes it a little easier.
0: All right, dude, we'll let you get out of here on this. You mentioned the fact that you went to Vanderbilt. So who is the better leader of the Commodores? Is it my guy, Dansby Swanson, brave shortstop, or is it Lionel Richie?
3: I mean, listen, Dansby is our guy. He is the Vandy boy of Vandy boys, but Lionel Richie forever and ever and ever. In fact, for all night long. Lionel Richie
0: well done Yeah. yeah all right uh going a little bit a little bit not as deep into your background here uh the true Kung Fu Panda your voice was on one of these movies is it is it Jack Black in Kung Fu Panda or is it our boy Pablo
3: it's Jack Black it's Jack Black out of respect you know what's so funny about that I went in and recorded a session all day I'm like I am in Kung Fu Panda 3 with Jack Black and Angelina Jolie I take my kids and like 20 of their friends to the premiere. They have all these seats blocked out for us. We watch the movie. We get to to my scene and I had, I didn't even speak words in the final edit. I just screamed at one point and that was it. Nice. And and I've got like these 20 kids next to me and they're like, George, when's your dad in this? And I was like, I think that was it. I think that was it. I can't believe it. Credits roll. My son's like, were you in that? And I was like. (laughs)
1: Did you get name credit at least? My
3: name is on the credits, yeah. but yeah. I said wahoo once in a in a panda voice. Meanwhile, hours of dialogue with me and Al Roker just laying all the scattered on the cutting room floor.
1: And you used to get residuals for that.
3: Ooh, yeah. If you saw the residuals, <laughs> they're less than the postage stamp. I'll, right. I'll put it that way.
0: They shouldn't right. send them right it's like Seinfeld signing all those checks back in the day and the yeah. last one um is there a Ridgewood Glenrock border battle is that a thing is there a border war did you guys say bad things about Glenrock never
3: up? no I okay. think I I think we viewed ourselves as one and the same with Hohokus on the other side Glenrock uh-huh. there I don't know did you guys feel that way I never felt I think because we didn't play you in sports right we didn't feel like you know, you know we hated Bergen Catholic yeah. a lot more than we hated Glenrock you
0: know. So we would cross the border a lot in Glen Rock. In fact, I really lived right on the border. So where did you spend more time, <laughs> bookends or the office? Oh, these are so good.
3: Okay. Well, uh, bookends, um, bookends still there. People don't realize in Ridgewood, one of the most pop, every major book, every author goes there. So bookends, that little story you're looking at right now, there'll be like a line 10 blocks long because yes. Kim Kardashian's yes. there. There's just something special about that place. So I will say bookends for when my dad started writing books, we'd go there and then I've had book events. My wife is a children's book author. So bookends, the office was a little tougher on fake IDs than some Mm. of the other establishments in Ridgewood. Mm. So you kind of had to wait till you were a little bit older, maybe into college a bit before you go to the office. So I'm gonna go bookends. Bookends.
0: yeah I was probably the office that won't surprise you it's spot. yeah um bags as we were preparing for this interview I was telling people Willie around the newsroom um hey we got Willie Geist on the show this week um and they said well can I I said can I use the studio and they said no it's booked for somebody more important than you I said okay fine let, let me let me walk around the hallways I'll set up in front of something that is NBC Sunday today so i'm walking around the hallways and we got seth hanging we got sure, fallon yeah. hanging and oh. obviously there's chuck and meet Stop the press me. and willie's coming up here any second because i got it okay let me get through lester no, holt lester, and sure. and hoda and savannah sure. and then i'm respect then i'm at the yeah. end of the hallway willie what <laughs> i mean that's the, right. the disrespect
3: like rage that's a that is an outrage well let me tell you you know what i'm gonna do if they won't give you a poster i'm gonna send you both the sunday today mug which in 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 the in lieu of any other marketing or promotion for our show, not complaining, but it's just a fact, we had to start this sort of viral mug thing and it actually yeah. worked. So this big yellow mug, people buy it, they take their pictures with it, we put them on at the end of the show from all over the world actually. And believe it or not, I swear this is true, the sunday today mug is the number one selling item on the nbc store ahead of like fallon and snl merchandise that's I I, because it's all we have so we've talked <laughs> about enough that people are actually buying it now so we're going to send you guys a couple and you can just walk down the hallways much better than an old fading poster of savannah and hoda yeah can tell them i said <laughs> that
0: <laughs> well bags we're going to send willie some honorado and bagnardi gear we have we have mugs. They're not popular. We have T shirts. Uh they're nice. They're not popular, but they're nice. And you're gonna you're gonna get one whether or not you want it. Okay. <laughs>
3: it's a trade. It's a swap. It's a swap. Willie, thank you so much for the time, man. We so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it.
2: At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Gen Air, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in store, online, or by phone. We're here for you.
0: Hey folks, DJ with Professional Fire Restoration, and we've been turning crisis into calm for a half a century.
2: Hi, my name is Tova. As a first time home buyer, I was proud and excited. Four months later, I walked down to my basement and I was standing in a foot of water. I was anxious, overwhelmed, nervous, I even cried. My first call was to DJ at Professional Fire.
0: When only the best will do, you know who to call.
2: Professional Fire Restoration. Now your weekly NFL Pick'em presented by Pick 6 Vodka.
0: All right, bags, let's get into it here. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Chelsea Handler, Willie Geist, uh, a lot, a lot of fun to hang out with the two of them and and, uh, our thanks to them for taking the time to hang out with us on Honorado and Bagnardi. This is your NFL Pick'em presented now by Pick 6 Vodka. Uh, and, Shawnee, let's get into game one. Well, you know what? I, let me give the people the recap. As ugly as it is, let me give people the recap as how did uh, things sure. go last week. Uh, not well is the answer. <clears throat> three and three for the both of us. Our viewer uh, was two and four. Yep. So we, we hang on just barely to the fact that we are in a lead here against our viewers anyway, I'll say. Yeah, you okay. said him well, but well enough to win. And
1: that's all yeah. that matters in sport and in, gambling and in and in picking of six NFL games every week.
0: Nah, get out of my face. Um, <laughs> all right. Quickly here before we get into the picks and then say goodbye. Cindy was watching our interviews with Chelsea and Willie. Thank you, Cindy. Uh, great, great woman great great family that was jay Pulaski as well awesome interviews thanks jay yeah one bit okay. of help
1: on my end though too i gotta thank our most loyal viewer carol young for the birthday gift that she sent me by birthday Ooh. now a couple of weeks ago she sent me a, a card And a mug. So thank you to Carol. That is much appreciated. Not necessary by any means. Just being a viewer is is more than we can ask of anybody. But thank you for that, Carol.
0: Yes. Anybody watching, please do not send us anything. It's not, believe me, it's not worth your time that you'd spend into sending it to us. Look at us idiots. All right. Rams and Giants is the first one, Bags. Mm -hmm. Rams, big favorites on the road here uh, at MetLife Stadium and the Giants likely playing without Saquon Barkley, maybe Daniel Jones. You and I are both on the Rams. Our guest picker this week, Lyman Gardner, on the Giants. You said it, man. You like to be
1: on an island when you pick against us because that's really your chance to win. You just need one game to to go your way that we have picked the opposite. Uh, This one's not going to be it, though. (laughs) This one's going to be a win for us because – You said it with the injuries, man. I mean, it's just not going to be enough. The Rams can just put up too many points. This is a very coverable spread for them, and I think they will.
0: All right, if you're hanging out uh, at home on this Sunday, you want to enjoy a little pick six vodka, go see our guy Craig Allen at All-Star Wine and Spirits uh, in Latham Farms. If you are going out and you want to have a pick six vodka, we recommend Swifties in Albany, Bootleggers, and Troy, Lake George Beach Club. Hey, Lake George is never out of season for me. Lake George Beach no. Club is a great spot. How about Dinosaur Barbecue? Another great partner with Pick 6 Vodka. Second game on the ledger here. Packers, four-and-a-half-point favorites in Chicago. Battle of the NFC North teams, first place <clears throat> on the line here. We're all on Green Bay.
1: We are. They're just a little bit too good. A little, a little bit of a close call from them, though, last week. I mean, somebody make a kick, right? Uh yeah. So if it comes down to that, and you, hate, you hate these close spreads, division rival on the road. Green Bay's just too good to pick against, though.
0: Yeah, I'm on Green Bay here, too. I don't feel great about it, though. Packers have some key injuries that Khalil Mack might exploit, mm-hmm. and same with Justin Fields. He worries me, and the, the element of him being as mobile as he is can make plays outside of the pocket. And we're all on the Cowboys, three-and-a-half-point favorites in New England. I think that one could be ugly. And an absolute blowout. Dallas should go to Foxborough and win big. They'll disappoint. They won't win big, but they will cover the three and a half, I think.
1: Yep, I agree with you. You've already moved us on here to the next game as well. Chargers, Ravens here. Now you are on the island. Uh, Three and a half, excuse me, three and a half is what we have for the spread here. So this is your boy. Lamar
0: Jackson is your boy, and you're not picking Baltimore.
1: Here's why. They are pulling everything out by the skin of their teeth, it feels like. Uh, very lucky to win last week, coming coming from behind and, and finding a way to win that game. But three and a half, I don't like it. They could find a way to win by three in this one, but the way the Chargers have been playing, plus you're going to give me some points, i got to go with the
0: Chargers. The fifth game of the week, Seahawks-Steelers. This is Sunday night football. I'm thinking to myself, why are we picking Seahawks? Yes, this is Sunday night football on NBC News Channel 13. Hey, hey, Lyman, you're with me here. Lyman and I both on the Steelers. You've got the Seahawks, no Russell Wilson Seahawks. Yeah, so... This is one where I was kind of hoping to go out
1: on the island, and now I'm on the island because I'm still one behind you, and I I can't find a way off the schneid here. Pittsburgh has been playing better, so this is one that I I just knew – you guys are going to pick, so I'm really taking a chance on this. But that's what gambling is about, man. Mm-hmm. Sunday night football, you can never know what, what's going to happen in primetime. And Sunday night games, they have all been good. They some t- somehow, teams have found a way, no matter what, to make these games close and interesting. So I'm going to hope that they can just squeak in and cover the four and a half.
0: Your former boy, Geno Smith, leading the way in Seattle. The yeah. Monday night game. First time we picked the Monday night game this year. Mm-hmm. Bills and Titans. Okay. We got somebody on an island here against yep. us, so this this is interesting. Bills, we say bags to cover five and a half.
1: Look, didn't the Jets beat the Titans? I mean, this this team. I know we and you and I still pick them to win that division, but Buffalo's just too good. And five and a half—that's not a big enough number to scare me with the way that Josh Allen's going the way this team scores points.
0: Here's the quick recap, everybody. Rams, Packers, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Bills for me. Rams, Packers, Cowboys, Chargers, Seahawks, Bills. And our guest picker, Giants, Packers, Cowboys, Chargers, Steelers, Titans. Okay, bags. It was a whirlwind of a show here. Our thanks to Willie Geist and to Chelsea Handler for hanging out with us on Honorado Bengardi on the News Channel 13 Facebook page and on my four.